0: welcome to the next up pack (laughs) (laughs) this is the very first episode of the next up podcast well at least that's what it's called till we get a better name today we're going to be talking about just ourselves where we want to take this podcast how far we want to expand it um there's going to be a lot of different topics we'll talk about that in a bit uh, we're also going to be talking about ourselves, um, just what we do personally. Um, we're going to be talking about how we grew up, all three of us. We all went. Some of some of the things are similar, but all in a different way. All of our journeys are interconnected, but along the way to get there, they were different. So we're going to be talking about that and how that shaped us being Black in this society. And then lastly, to lighten up the mood, we're going to be talking about pop culture we're gonna to try to do that uh, every episode uh, once a week on Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming services. So let's get it. Hey, that was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Gas me up. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I'll go first. My name is Marcus Mitchell. Some people call me Next Up Mitch. I'm a recording artist, producer, CEO, founder of Next Up Collective. A lot of different titles, but I'm just a regular person who hates tying his shoes, so I leave them tied up. Uh, (laughs) uh, I love to listen to music when I'm bored. Uh, I like to invest my money. Just a regular guy. Um, Yeah, so um, basically what I want to do in my life is um, my goal for, for a long time has been to help other people reach their goals and that's basically uh the motto of Next Up Collective. That's our that's our slogan, that's our identity as a brand. And um yeah, there's a lot of things I wanna do in the future to help others get to a place that can make them successful. Uh I'll let somebody else go now.
1: Are you go, next boy. All right. Uh so yeah, I'm Nosa Ibogan. Some people call me Sosa. Not many that I know personally, but <laughs> I've heard some people call me that. But um, for me personally, I. Like, let's say, yeah, I'm part of one of the oh, first members of Next Up. OG members. Yeah, OG. Yeah, let's say OG Next Up members. For me personally, like, same thing investing, stuff like that. But I probably game a bit more. Uh,. I mess around with computers. I go to school, actually, for computer programming and, like, networking. So I spend probably most of my day just looking at computer screen, doing stuff, sometimes having fun, looking at what's, like, the future for our society and what, like, inspires me to do great things within society with technology and that's always just been my kind of focus it's like with next up we like we want to help people grow to where like maybe they may have never achieved no matter like where that's from i'm not born in canada i am a canadian citizen but i'm also a nigerian citizen so it's like i could use the things i learned here to not only help people here but like help people in the co- from the country where i'm from Mm-hmm. or just even around the world because like at the end of the day it's just like the world some places are behind some are ahead and i feel like if everyone just came and worked together we could achieve like like goals and like raise the standard for of just like basically even for everybody and i personally feel like technology is like a huge part of that and that's kind of like my avenue of trying to reach the goal of helping others
0: yeah
2: that's what's up. Yeah. All right. I'm Ben Mitchell. I do photography, videography, dancing. I actually just dropped out of Ryerson dance program. Finished two years, but decided not to do the the last two. It wasn't aligning with what I wanted to do right now, so I decided that it wouldn't be the best option for me. Um right now I, I just love telling stories. I love I love telling stories through dance through photography through videography and just sharing stories that are that are never told that are never represented in like let's say like mainstream media like you see the same story always but you don't get to see like the person who grew up like and like worked their way up through the trenches like
0: and all that type of stuff there.
2: yeah so that's that's the type of stories i'm interested in so I just want to share those and have those stories in the light for a change. And I think,
0: yeah, that's me. That's fire. Okay, so for a bit, I guess, um, until you guys get bored, we'll talk about where we want to go with this podcast. So it's not always going to be us three. We are going to be the main three people. But um, sometimes we'll have guests, some of our friends. Uh, We're also looking for a fourth host, and it's, we want it to be a female, so sorry for all the guys that are watching. You can't be a main host because we want to have a female to have a different perspective because all of us, three black men, uh, it's very like, it. we all think very differently, but it could also be coming from a, sim, a similar perspective on okay. some topics. So we are looking to expand that um sometimes we'll be talking about sports based on the guests sometimes we'll be talking about music sometimes we'll be talking about dance sometimes we'll be talking about technology sometimes we'll be talking about life um so we're gonna try to regularly have guests but mainly it's going to be us three and there's going to be a lot of episodes where it's just us three so um i think this podcast can expand your your thinking on a lot of different things because All three of us, I would say, are very intellectual people who have very deep thoughts and we're all very passionate about certain topics that are not really spoken about. And we have very passionate conversations off mic all the time (laughs) um, about a lot of stuff, so it's going to be interesting when we bring them up on mic. Obviously, it probably won't be as crazy on microphone because like I don't know I feel like I don't know camera shy
2: getting nervous whatever whatever it is or
0: sometimes just keeping composure to
1: put make a point yeah like keep the point to the point and understandings like we're trying to portray something to a viewer through our scope without them having to understand who we are yeah like and not have to like watch multiple episodes be like okay that's just how he is yeah and then figure out like just to look at the point just like get the point across so it's Mm -hmm. like yeah even they do feel connected to us at the same time they're not like man why does he say it like that it's like oh no that's just him yeah it shouldn't have to be you just dedicate watching all our videos to understand us like we kind of yeah we just want to get the point across to be just as simple as possible just plain word we're mm-hmm. passionate about it, but we'll show the passion through, like, almost restraint in a sense. Yeah. Keep it disciplined.
0: Yeah. And also, sometimes it's easier to, if a, if a topic really touches your heart, like, if I'm talking to my brother or my friend, it's, like, it's easier to, like, share that, like, a thing that affects you more to, like, somebody that you care about because you know that, like, they're going to take, take that thing that you're saying with love. You know what I mean? If I'm speaking to the mic, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna hear that thing and it could technically rip me apart if it's very meaningful. Not that I'm shy, I make music, so (laughs) I I have a lot of my thoughts out to the world, but
1: even just like for a viewer, it's like if they hear these conversations being had and maybe like in real life they don't feel like it's easy to have some of these conversations to have a place to go where they're like, okay, like let's have some faith in society where you can go and talk about something intellectually and still have like personal connections to it mm-hmm, and not sure. feel attacked.
0: Yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: And like, that's why I, I always feel like that because I'm always the contrarian probably. <laughs> and I don't ever mean it in like an attacking way, but I always just try and get across like the complete opposite side. Yeah. Cause I feel like, Sometimes it's it's only fair if every side's point gets like their time.
0: I feel like NOSA is one of those people who um won't believe in the other side, but will still play devil's advocate just to make sure that you have to be able to prove your point.
1: Yeah, it's just I always found that like from developing knowledge, you can't truly really be knowledgeable on a topic unless you know both sides. Yeah. So it was like it would always be weird talking to people about flat earth. It's like the only way to prove the earth wasn't flat was not only to understand the science of a round earth, but understand the nuance of what a flat earth would be and why there would have flaws. So yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't actually tell the person, oh yeah, because of physics and all that, and then convince them, no, like they already believe something else. But if you could show them their model and then this model and then why this model doesn't have a flaw in the same place that model has a flaw, then that's a way to reach to somebody but if i just told you from my standpoint oh no you're wrong then you just sound like you're trying to prove someone wrong
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i yeah. don't know about the the whole the whole La- physics me. thing i don't i don't i don't know all the physics behind that but like <laughs> i i see where you're coming from and i see the yeah. point you're trying to make
1: yeah but that's the great part like yeah these conversations we come with different like expertises and different knowledge yeah and like what the, the guests will bring some people have much more knowledge than any of us on the topic yeah and mm-hmm. that's the great part mm-hmm. they just that's why humans have progressed right we've worked yeah. together we can't the three of us couldn't know everything on planet earth because if we did we'd run the world <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: thanks yeah so if you oh shit what was i gonna say um <laughs> I forgot, it's late. It's live, it's off the top oh. Yeah, thanks
0: <laughs> um, Fuck, I don't even remember What I was going to say Doesn't even matter You want to <laughs> go to the, the next topic? Yeah. Uh, sure Number one Yeah uh, So basically, this is a quick transition We're going to talk about how we all grew up So basically I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood And I went to predominantly white school Nosa grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood but he went to a predominantly white school uh ben grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood he went to a predominantly white school but that school was more um inclusive i guess you could say in the way that it's an art school so there's more people that are accepting to a lot of different things um so i can't lie like when i grew up especially when i was when i was young uh all i saw was like white people every day and those were some of my closest friends till i was like grade three or four i didn't even really chill with any black people at all i don't think um that changed a lot by like grade four five and six almost all my friends were black um my best friend to this day is probably white though, <laughs> but he has a very different story also like he's a white guy that grew up in a black neighborhood and so he's like the opposite of me yeah so I think that's also we that's why we get along so well is like we see like the perspective of different things like opposite but like also like perfectly the same yeah, yeah. if it makes sense um so yeah growing up school I was always a really good student uh I didn't really have any distractions I didn't even really probably notice like I was the only black person in my school till like I hit probably like grade seven or eight and then it started feeling like very distant I would say because there wasn't really a lot of outlets for me to reach out to uh no black teachers i don't think i've ever had a black teacher until i got to high school my principal was black um (laughs) in grade that was grade 10 or 11 i think 11 that was 11 and 12 yeah so so that was a while uh there was a couple black uh teachers there though um one of my favorite high school teachers was my business teacher he was a brown guy and um I'm very appreciative of him uh, because I remember one time I got like a 75 on a test. I'm If people don't know, I went to Ryerson for business. I left because I wanted to do music, but I had a very high average when I dropped out. So um, I've always been very good at business. My family wanted me to go into business, but I didn't really want to do that. Um, so I got a 75 on this test and he was mad. He's like, this is horrible for you. Like you should have got like a 90 on this test. And he called my mom and I was, I was upset. I was like, why are you going to call my mom? I didn't fail the test. I got 75. Like that's an average mark. And he, like, he just instilled in me, like you have to be disciplined in this world because if you're just going to do everything average, you're never going to stand out and get to the place you actually want to be. And the next test I wrote, I got a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and like from that on, from that day on, like, I kind of realized it was different. Um, basically, if you're in this world and you're black, it's sad to say you might have to work double just for half. Yeah, So, yeah, what you just said, that's like, I think my dad
2: was the one who probably said that to us. Yeah. He said, he always says that you have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Yeah. And I think he said his mom said that to him. So that's been passed down genera- generationally, In the black community and it's just like Ingrained into all these kids Minds and like if it doesn't Resonate with you that shows That like Those people tend to stay like in the same Place but if it does then you See like all of these like Famous successful black people Who have been working so hard To get where they are Mm -hmm. But still are at the same level As these other non-black people Yeah. So it's just It's just interesting to see How like Such a different upbringing Can bring you to the same spot Even if you work like Six times as hard as somebody else You're still gonna be at the same level And you're never gonna surpass them Cause they just keep climbing up And you can't get that far You'll stay like
0: Here But In due time Yeah Hopefully Hopefully That's the goal But
2: yeah Um Coming from an art school perspective um, there was in my in my year there were probably like 10 15 black people <laughs> um, uh, and there was like a there was a really tight community of black people I don't know if I if I was part of that for like like I was part of it but it wasn't like my main group of people because I never like understood how that how that connection, with other black kids could like benefit you in such a different way because yeah. i never had that like the only thing i had when i was like younger in like elementary school was my basketball team yeah and like that was the only other like contact and like relationships i had with other black kids that weren't my siblings so yeah. it's like either like your siblings or in sports is the only other contact <laughs> with black kids yeah so it's like it was such a Thinking about it now, it's such a weird thing. Like, my parents, I guess, had had the decision. Do they want to, like, raise these four kids with other black kids and maybe have, like, an impact on their, like, social whatever and raise them with other black kids? Or, like, give them this, like, outlet, I guess, that, that they can maybe get a step up with these white kids if they, like, work harder than them. Mm I don't
0: know. And just talking about that, I remember it was probably a couple months ago, I asked my dad why he decided to live in the area that he lived in just because I was curious. And, um, like, because we always grew up around white people. And, like, like like Ben said, all my black friends when I grew up, like, when I was saying in four, five, and six, I hung out with them, they were all from my basketball team. And I would not talk to the people at my school, just my basketball team. If I went to a party, it would be with those people, not people from my school. So basically, I asked him, um, why did you choose this area rather than a community with more black people? And thing that he said was opportunity. And I, when he first said it to me, I didn't really get it, but. After I slept on it a couple of days, I understood it was like, if you're in that community, most of the teachers that, unless there's a lot of good teachers, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good teachers, but some of them don't care about the kids from that community at all, and um, which is a sad thing to say. They just are going to school to collect a paycheck because yeah. that's their job. Um, they enjoy teaching, for sure, but they just don't enjoy Actually, teaching kids life. They enjoy teaching kids science or math or things like that. And some of those kids actually need to be taught about life and how it's going to impact them in the future. And me going to the school that I went to, both of them, high school and middle school, really taught me a lot about life because in that environment, if I did one thing wrong, I was probably going to the office while other kids could mess around and stuff like that and yeah. oh why are you why are you acting like a fool right now you're gonna have detention after class that's not enforced but if I was late for class I'm getting detention yeah. so it's like it really put me on my principles like I have to work do this everything on point while other people can really get away with that and that's one thing that really struck me when he said why he did that and I think that was a right decision, in my opinion. But i let it also go.
1: Yeah. Actually, it's funny. Because in my family, it's like um, I have one sibling. And it's like we were gu- guinea pigs. Because we moved a bit. So for the most of my life, I've lived in, like, this pretty much a similar area. And it's all Europeans and black people. Like, right now, I just live with, like, it's just Europeans and black people around the street. So, and then I was fortunate I was in, like, a completely black community, but it was actually a really good black community, like, which is, like, hard to find. Yeah. The school right near the area, your dad taught there. Yeah. And it's, like, it's a community, literally, like, they made a good community with great houses, pretty much all black people who were fairly successful with their lives. And it was, like, a good, good image growing up because it wouldn't be rare it'd be rare for you to like go to a suburb and it was like wow you're like everybody's black everyone owns a house yeah everyone yeah. like owns like something it's not like okay yeah like most black er- areas you're like okay it's like project housing like I've I've I used to live in a place where we were fortunate to live in like rent in an apartment or, or like it was like a, a very large apartment. And right across the street, like, all the black people I knew, they lived in, like, community housing. Yeah. So it's, like, you see, you live in half-decent. You see across, like, all your friends are living in probably the worst conditions you could live in in North America. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm, like, pretty much grew up around these people. And for you guys, like, hearing your parents say that, I literally grew up seeing it. I have friends who did go to the same high school as me that I live around. I have friends who didn't go to the same high school as me growing up. My sister went to a predominantly black high school. And she went to, to predominantly black school her entire life. Only because she didn't know how to speak French. Because when we moved to Canada, she was like nine. So she was like much older, like learning a language at that And development was a bit harder. I was three. So like I just started learning French from JK all the way up. But, like, I always, I was always around white people because of that. So, I'm, like, you grow up and you're, like, it's me. And I think when I started grade one, there was, like, three or four black kids in our grade. Then grade two was three. Or, no, it was, like, maybe five in grade one because I remember Janiel was there. Then it, like, slowly went down as the years go on. Pretty much, it was just me and one other by grade five. And we were the only ones who stayed until, like, grade eight and then we also went to the same high school and it's like experiencing that there was no like outlet because i didn't even do outside sports like that i did sports in school so i'm seeing the same people yeah for me actually my only outlet was video games but it's not like my voice it's not like i'm playing with americans so it's (laughs) like they didn't even know i was black yeah like i just knew they were black and then i'd play with i just somehow find like a lot of black people to play video games with and then that was like my outlet for black people after like being around white people where it's like certain things are just it's just different like certain things are more accepting to say like you can be who you want like what you said when you get in trouble some people it's just like oh yeah whatever but then for me it's like and i rarely got in trouble i, I was maybe in the office twice my entire time in school but at both times it was for things that other kids who've done much worse who could have gotten like assault charges stuff like that they go to the office for me i was talking too much in like a class and i got sent to the office one time mm-hmm. and another time it was like um way way back it was like me and a another kid were play fighting and i was he was white i was black we're both play fighting we're both like agreed like you know play for it's not like, we're kids. We're yeah. literally, like, maybe, like, five, six years old. And I got sent to the office because I was fighting. And then, like, they made me, like, while in class, they humiliate like, they made me sit in the front with them as all the parents bring their kids in. Because my parents dropped me off early because they have to go work. So, like, I'm there early yeah. with another kid who's there early. And I'm in trouble sitting there. Like, the teacher's like, oh, yeah, he did something bad. Like, pretty much, like... Just trying to put me down in front of all the parents in this, like, daycare. And then I'm, like, as a kid, I knew, like, this is, like, really messed up. Like, why are they doing this? It didn't make sense to me. I'm, like, why is it I'm here? We both were doing something. Like, I don't think we should, either of us should be here. But wouldn't it be fair if we were both sitting here? Yeah. And it doesn't click at that you're like racism doesn't click in that early. Because yeah. you're too young to we, understand it. Yeah.
0: You know you can feel it, but you can't understand it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's just like, okay, then I'm growing up and then it's like for me, like school was always like up and down. Like my I had some good grades, I had some like terrible grades. But honestly, I'll always say like my grade was dependent on how much I liked the class. Yeah. Like that was it because there was, even till high school, there was classes where it's, like, all oh, white people were just, like, and I'm very, they know, I'm, like, really inclusive person. I'm not trying to isolate myself, mm-hmm. but there's just social groups, and some of them just don't include black people, and yeah, that's just how it is.
0: It's hard to connect to them sometimes.
1: So, you have to adapt yourself completely to even have a shot. So, some of them, like, by a certain time, you just don't want to be fake just like i'm not going to be fake to be accepted mm-hmm. if i'm like yeah. myself and like maybe we just talk about something else more then yeah you know, that's what, i'm cool with that but just be a whole different person just to be like that was never really my style so i'm like okay and i would just be isolated in the classroom and then i just zone out and i'm like i can't listen to i can't i'm not engaged because like if i'm lucky maybe the teacher expects a very good standard of me mm-hmm. like i've yeah. had a teacher where i i was like that it was like i was fairly isolated from the classroom but he never he would never let me do poorly he would always pull me aside like he it's probably my favorite teacher of all time like no other teacher had ever passed him because he taught in grade five he taught me life lessons like he was like that's where i say the teachers come and stand because my sister said she never really had that and i was fortunate it was like a white guy and He pulled me aside and he understood like racism before I could really and he really held me to a high standard of pulling me aside and said, Hey, you're such a smart kid. Like when you apply yourself, you can do great. And I like I am as a kid, I'm like, man, I don't wanna I don't care about this class. Like, it's just another class. But like he was like, You you can do great things. Like I see like great things from you, but you just have to like apply and you just have to work hard. And he would always like, he never said anything about race, but looking back, like now I clearly know like what he meant yeah. because like it was me and two other black kids, one black guy and a black girl in his class. And he, like even my other friend, probably not like the same caliber, a student on his best days as me, but he always held us to like a higher, cause he, he like like the teacher for you is like, you I know you could do better. Mm -hmm. and like he just always explained that he's the only teacher that would call my parents for positive things
0: that's amazing like
1: other teachers would literally just call and be like oh you didn't do this or you didn't do that blah 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 he would call when i if i if he didn't feel i was doing well enough but he'd also call and be like yeah he's doing amazing like that's the only time my parents have ever came like and it's not like oh he talks too much in class as if every every kid in class doesn't talk
0: yeah that's actually that should be normalized actually yeah celebrating achievements instead of just only
2: putting down for mistakes yeah mistakes shouldn't be a punishment or you shouldn't be punished for making a mistake you should learn from your mistakes yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's one thing with society that if that was changed kids growing up wouldn't I'm not going to say wouldn't be dealing with mental health issues, but not to the same degree. There's so many kids now with like depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. They want to please every single authority figure in their life. And that, that has to do with like how school starts, how all these extracurriculars, because for me growing up as like a dancer in dance, like the community is really negative and teachers are very negative. They'll focus on everything that's wrong, but won't congratulate you on things that are right. And so, if that was if that's changed, that'll just like shift the whole dynamic of like kids growing up, going into adulthood. They have more confidence, everything, and it's just like a much more positive environment for a child growing up. They need to be nurtured instead of yeah. like alienated for doing wrong.
1: Yeah, even funny enough, I, when I took music, loved music, quit it in grade nine. Hated the teacher. Only thing I like she amazing strings teacher but she knew how to play every instrument except for the bassinet so then she would always compliment not to say that i'm seeking compliment but imagine like if me or the other bass messed up she pointed which we rarely did because our grade school teacher was a bassinet player so we really messed up but if we messed up she would like talk down to us and then if we were talking while she's teaching other people because we already knew what we were doing she'd be like you guys are just always disrupting the class but if we asked her for help she couldn't help us Yeah. and then that's the same person who's talking down to you it's like you couldn't even fulfill your duties as a teacher to us but like only have negative things to say about us Yeah. and then you always show favoritism to all the other people where it's like oh yeah I know how to do this and then when they do it well you're impressed which is good and then when they make a mistake you help them but like to not be that across the board made me like hate music with a passion because I'm like you don't even help me learn like me and me and the other person who was the best bassinet player we had in our grade were teaching each other how to play and then listening to you criticize us yeah. if we didn't know something but we couldn't even go to you to ask something and it's like yeah like what kind of environment is that and that's arts i feel like that's just arts in general because i don't experience that like commonly in across the board in other fields but i Mm. always felt like arts like they just always want to point negatives they always want to bring you down they always want to like just ostracize you for the worst and never compliment you for the thing you. because like when you do well it's like that's what we were supposed to exactly
2: and as if you were supposed to like come into the into whatever you were doing already knowing what they expect and already being able to achieve what they expect from you yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of ridiculous to be
0: honest they want your first rap song to be Drake Yeah, <laughs> for real like,
1: they want you to be like the superstar off rip and if you're not then they don't they don't want to
0: show you any attention mm. well what's crazy even about music like when, a, when an artist blows up, everybody's, oh, his first song is so good. But if you actually go into the history of that artist, they probably have four mixtapes out before that. Yeah. Is it off? Yeah, Keep going. yeah it's uh, off. We can use the next camera. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's like, yeah, like, they have so many mixtapes before. And then if you listen in real time with artists that I've liked, I've heard people say, oh, this music's terrible. Yeah, and then it's like when they blow up, everyone decides to romanticize like what they did before. Because I remember listening to people like Party Next Door when Party Next Door One came out. Some people were like, "What is this? Like, this- that was my shit." Yeah, like I loved it, <laughs> but I'd literally like show people the music. They're like, "Yo, this is like trash." Like, yeah, you know, or like people online would like say, "This is like this won't ca- like what kind of vibe is this?" Because it was newer at the time. Like no, nah. or if you listen to Kendrick Lamar's Schoolboy Q, like their first like mixtape, people would be like at the time, people were like, "Wow, this is like some genius mm-hmm. musicians." But then as they grew and when they blew up, people like started going back and be like, "Man, like did you hear all this other stuff you made?" I'm like,
0: like <laughs> "Everyone sort of was trashing this, really like, like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: like everyone was trashing this before." Like, what, yeah. what do you
0: mean? To kind of stick on this topic, uh the last thing we're going to be talking about today. Is pop culture and um, basically since we're already talking about music one of the first topics that we're gonna do I guess is um Tori Lane's and, and Meg the stallion and um basically just our different views on that so I told Ben he was gonna introduce that but <laughs> I had to take a segue. uh so here's how I see it first of all I think there needs to be more information. I think everybody believes that there needs to be more information because it's kind of like there's an incident. Well, yeah, there's an incident in the car. Then there's a lot of gap. And then there's the shooting. And then there's just the outbreak from people after that who have no information saying this person's either canceled or he didn't do it. And... I don't know. I I find it weird for sure if he shot her. That is crazy like domestic violence on a, a a guy should not harm a girl. A girl should not harm a guy either. People should not be harming people in general. But um domestic violence is real and I don't condone it in any way. Um I just feel like there needs to be more facts before I say I will never listen to Tory Lanez again. Because in a way, that could be taking his whole life away because that's where he makes all of his money from. That's how he supports his family. That's how he supports a lot of his friends. Um, And I just think that it's not fair until the whole story comes to light. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you
2: you think that, like... I'm going to bring it back to a little bit to race. Like, do you think that black artists and black celebrities get criticized more for doing things that are wrong? I think, like, if you take like Tory Lanez, Kevin Hart, Jada Smith, all of the situations that they had were such a big deal in media. Mm -hmm. And, but things that were like equally big with like white people, let's say, aren't like as criticized in the media like for
0: sure yeah like somebody
2: somebody cheating on their their wife wouldn't be such a big deal but then kevin hart it was somebody like making a joke kind of to their son like kevin hart did also (laughs) um wouldn't be such a big deal but it was and like i think that just has to do with like bringing it back to the beginning you have to work twice as hard to get half as far and then that can all be taken away so fast if you make one misstep. Yeah. It's
0: also you make half a mistake and it impacts you twice as hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also so both, works both in ways. reverse. Yeah. And that's something that <laughs> it's not fair, but it's something that all of us have to ha- have had to encounter. And we're all learning to try to negate it as best as we can. Even as I was talking about the Tory Lane situation, I was picking my words Very as carefully, carefully yeah. as I could because if I say something wrong, that's going to be the only thing I hear rather than all the great things I just said. I just said I don't condone domestic violence. I said we can't cancel people based on not having all the facts. But if I say one wrong little word, that could just throw away my whole point. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah.
1: And then actually it's funny that you said that too. Because I feel like in today's popular culture like scope, like just to go start start off with the basis, everyone's always too quick to judge a situation. I feel like we no one could even say they can't even come out themselves, Tory Lanez or Megan and say and what happened like the whole way like despite a Police report, like not like they have to make a police report because I feel like that's kind of an excuse that Megan Stallion gave to like not having the full story out. Like she she said he shot me on live, and then when asked about any other questions about what happened, she said ask him. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And then you go to him, and at first, like apparently his like PR group was trying to point like blame it on Meg, and then he comes out with music. Saying like he did shoot her, yeah, but like no one said it. No one has literally come out with a very concrete story, and we're already like have sides of cancel Tory Lanes or Meg Thee Stallion's like a snitch and a liar, which neither neither can be true, but like we don't know. Yeah, we really so don't. One gets proven. Yeah, one,
2: one is like the story, and that's that's again like bringing back to what you said, Marcus. Like picking your words very carefully because this new age of like social media and the internet and everything, you can take one small clip of somebody's life and blow that up and make it seem like something completely different. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to like sit they could say the complete opposite, and you can make it look like they said something else. Like is is wild what you can do with like. A computer or a phone. Like, you can ruin someone's life. You can make somebody a celebrity overnight. Like, it's insane how, like, all that is crazy. (laughs) And that's
1: another thing I was even gonna say. It's like, in today's culture, like, we have people who may not have, like, we're black people. So we feel maybe everything's not as equal with race. But then there's also women who feel like everything's not the same with gender. Then we have people in the LGBT community who feel like everything's not equal. And they're fighting their battles respectively for a very good reason. But at the same time, I feel like from those fronts, like even with the Kevin Hart situation, I feel like it may not just be because he was black, but it might also be because he's straight and because he's a man. Because they can see those tweets as like, oh, he's anti-LGBTQ. Yeah. But like, he has this image because he's black. He has to uphold this image of being perfect just mm-hmm. to be like where he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then off that, then if he says anything wrong, then they overexacerbate it because okay, now he said something about gay people. Yeah. Oh wow, like that's terrible. And he's a comedian, mm-hmm. as if he can't make a joke. Yeah. yeah. He <laughs> in, like, you know what I so mean? Far. And then, <laughs> but then even like um, when he cheated because of the, going back he's black so he has to maintain his perfect image yeah. people women kind of like tore him down because they're like oh mm-hmm. look he acted as if he was this amazing guy and he cheated as if he's not human not to say it's right but yeah. like everyone has their flaws to them and canceling someone and this has always been said canceling someone doesn't help anybody because if mm-hmm. we de-platform Kevin Hart he even said about the tweets these aren't things that he believes anymore that's someone who through his growth as a person saw probably met more people in the lgbt community and was like wow like i really understand what they mean now and then Mm -hmm. he made a tweet maybe in a mindset that was different but now that he's in a more inclusive community he's like wow okay i see the point they make Mm -hmm. and he agrees with them and those same people are going to tear him down based on his past and Mm say we she shouldn't grow exactly meanwhile his growth is what made him more accepting Mm -hmm. So you just want to make more people, isolate more people to hate you even more, which would make the community of people who would be against you or or people who don't understand. Like, let's say it's just someone you just never met a gay person, never met a trans person, you don't understand them. And then you say one thing and it's wrong. Oh, you need to be canceled. You can't have a job. You can't have a future. Mm -hmm. And then now you, salty, is going to be like, yeah, I hate them more. And you never even hated them to start with. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's true. Or like, yeah, with all these. And like I said, like they're fighting a fight that needs to be fought because they're fighting for rights just to live their life. And they have, they should have every right to live their life, which I don't think anyone should ever disagree with, but to like have the say on if people should be successful or like they should be able to help themselves to grow and things like just because they may say something that doesn't align with your viewpoint and people say on oh, like rights but like he didn't say anything like oh yeah his son shouldn't have rights yeah he just said like he'd smash a dollhouse <laughs> like clearly no father would like yeah. no say obviously like it happens not say yeah. like people aren't like there's no domestic abuse but like is Kevin Hart, like, really the guy you would take to smash a dollhouse get any know. of his kids? Like, has, like, no, he's obviously joking. And mm-hmm. it's, like, sometimes we just need to be, like, well, just listen to stories, and two, we have to understand, Kevin Hart has to have this perfect image just to be as big as a comedian he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's because he's black. But then, it I feel like with that, it's so easy to tear down black people, because all these other groups will start attacking them too whenever it's it's like to them yeah. because like they have that perfect image and it almost like goes back to like politics or everything like people who have that perfect image when you always point out one flaw we just tear them down mm. as if having a flaw as a human is new or yeah. it's like <laughs> as if other, everyone doesn't have their own flaws like we all have our own vices whatever they may be but i don't judge a complete person because of a the flaw they have when i could if oh someone seems racist hey instead of deplatforming them let's try and educate them yeah what if we know we don't even know if they're open to it to start mm-hmm. someone's sexist homophobic transphobic anything any phobic maybe we should like talk to them try and help them see a different side yeah. and not just de-platform them mm-hmm. and then just create a probably an affluent person who will now spend whatever money they have against your group because they feel like they're not included Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I feel like just an inclusive society just like stop canceling people for for like small things or like just get the full story Yeah. like why why go so hard on people when they're just trying to live their life they're just trying to do what they do everyone's not educated on every topic Mm -hmm. sometimes some people just never met a black person in their life. And they may not be racist, but sometimes it may take a question that may sound racist yeah. to help them understand mm-hmm. our struggle.
0: I hope I don't yeah. get killed for this question, but um the other day me and Nosa were talking and um I actually asked a question. I was like, Why would a trans person be uh gay? And that's because I actually am uneducated and you can say the answer. And then said. I
1: was literally just like, for the transition, like you trans, because if you're born a man and then you feel like you're a woman, your gender identity has nothing to do with your sexuality. Yeah. So yeah. That just, that's just for me listening to other people talk about it. But yeah. like, if I didn't seek the information, I wouldn't have known
0: either. Yeah. And if I didn't just seek that, and I would Exactly. If he known. didn't ask
1: that question, he would have never known. Yeah. But imagine... If he asked asked the wrong person The wrong person Then like We're trying to cancel him Mm -hmm. As opposed to He was very accepting Of the answer It's not like He said Oh that's wrong Like no that doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense Once
0: I Once I actually Learned that like Gender And your actual sexuality Are two completely Different things Because for me Being straight I just think of it I'm a man Like they're intertwined Yeah But when I actually Thought of it like that It it makes Complete sense Mm -hmm. So like I would never like I don't see anything wrong with that at all. I was just curious. And yeah. and like we shouldn't
1: ostracize people in society because they're curious. Mm. Because then we start labeling good people, bigots, yeah. racists,
2: sexes. Because curiosity leads to knowledge. Yeah. Like so so you have to have a certain level of curiosity. Obviously, like walking the line between like like hatred and like curiosity yeah. of course I guess, you have, but yeah you have, you have to, to label watch your you question yeah.
0: properly mm-hmm. but like, you have
2: to word it properly so it doesn't come off as
0: being like hateful or like yeah but it's like you can't say why the fuck would this yeah person. Exactly. yeah you, you know, can't go like, like yeah <laughs> like,
1: yeah you can't go that far but like even his question to a lot of people would be labeled like poor questioning like how he questioned they would say it's poor but i think it's to like the you have to be opening if you're really fighting for inclusivity for a group of people i feel like you have to be open to those tough discussions because i would never consider myself someone to fight for black people if i never talked to people that some may perceive racist and like try and understand like where they're coming from because i i found out 99 percent of the people i've heard being called racist by one person i talked to them it was just someone who never had the opportunity to talk to a black person Yeah. They never had the chance to ask the questions that may seem like cross the borderline of racist and just talk about and like say, hey, actually you know what? That makes a lot of sense. And when people don't have that is like when people start like not feeling included and on social like when the Black Lives Matter movement came about. There's like the white people who are like full support online. Some of it might be real, some of it might be fake. The white people who don't even know what to say because they they're still toting that line of like oh well can i ask this can i do that like can i do because they're trying to learn but there's no outlets for them to learn Mm -hmm. because they'll go and the black person will be like if you aren't in full support of something you don't even understand essentially you're racist yeah like they're Mm -hmm. literally going online and seeing that and then there are a group of people who want to be on this side but, like, they're still stuck yeah, in the middle. Yeah, like find the bridge yeah. to get there, yeah. And yeah. then they're pretty much just thrown in on yeah. the other side of people <laughs> who are racist. <laughs> yeah. Like, who are actually racist. And then, like, just imagine there's a group of people trying to learn labeled racist. There's mm-hmm. people who aren't racist or some who are racist who don't want to appear racist. And then they're the racist. And you're just being thrown in with, like, the racist. Yeah. And I feel like, for me, I'm just fortunate. All the, com- um, like, LGBT, I don't even know that many gay people I don't I don't I don't think I know any trans people and like I've just been lucky to have these conversations online with people very open to having the conversations and I'm very fortunate to have talked to them online because imagine the things that like people would say if like you go out and ask all the questions that i ask, asked like not to say like they're terrible questions but I'm just like that whole question I've had that same question like gender and sexuality are they intertwined because Mm -hmm. for like a straight person it almost like seems like it is because you're like i'm straight because reproduction and that's just how it is yeah and like you don't think much
0: and you don't Mm -hmm. you don't really even you don't even really think of them as two different things yeah yeah in a way like being
1: a man and straight almost is that's why the whole term natural which would be harmful to someone lgbt community because like now you just feel like oh it's normal yeah And then they're like Oh wait no It's like that's not normal mm-hmm. But that's just how they view it
2: Yeah I felt uh, The first time I learned the, the term cisgender I didn't know what it was Until probably A couple years ago Which is like I don't know if I, I want I don't want to try To explain it here Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I won't do it Like justice Or won't do a good job But like when The first time I heard cisgender I was like Oh okay I have to take a step back And like Acknowledge that Just being like A straight man Isn't like The only thing like you can be like you can be a straight man but also be transgender Mm -hmm. which is like that was something i had to like learn relearn i guess which was like it was difficult for me to like wire my brain to understand it but now it makes perfect sense to me and like i can accept that like fully and like i have absolutely no problem with that like yeah yeah it's just I needed to ask myself that question or ask somebody else that question so I could know the
0: answer. Yeah. Before it, I it's really like even in school, like when they talk about like sex ed, for example, they only talk about straight sex ed. Yeah. They don't ever talk about you don't we don't we don't even really I don't think there's anything you would ever in school learn about transgender people. There's none of that. So like that's if you just went through school And, like, it doesn't affect you. You would never have any knowledge of it. Yeah. Unless you actually seek the knowledge yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know a lot. If there's people that want to reach out and educate me, I would be open to it. Of course, yeah. Yeah.
1: Even me. Like, Mm -hmm. with the things I know about it, there's still sides that I know nothing about. Or, like, would have to just, like, reach out and just, from someone's experience, understand, like how they feel and why is it like that and to be like okay yeah that like makes sense because like when you put like a human experience explained attached with the topic it makes it easier to digest over like there's always like the joke it's like oh you can transition to be anything i'm an apache helicopter blah 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 like yeah funny because like you've never met someone like that you've never talked to someone like that you've never heard their experience so you're looking at it from a standpoint of like okay yeah like that makes no sense whatsoever Hmm. but then also no one's trying to explain it to you no one's like there to help you and then there are people who just obviously who would be ignorant to the topic and like not want to learn anything Hmm. but there's some people who want to learn but like they just can't and everyone comes from a different background like luckily if if we're educated like We'd say like oh we're black so we understand what it's like to feel oppressed in the society so we can even like from the, the that small standpoint like relate a little bit but imagine you're like some white guy and you're like oh wow like there's nothing holding me back outside of like you're you weren't poor like nothing's truly holding you back so you're oblivious to it so and you're not going to seek out something you don't know like you don't even know this happens in society you don't mm-hmm. meet people who have these drugs and you've never talked to them but then to condemn that person and say oh yeah like you don't look for the information like what information no one ever told them about it Mm -hmm. right like he's he's living his life focused on what he needs to which we're all doing but then like he's not fighting for anything and then to condemn someone who's like fortunate to be in the place on earth where they don't have to fight for that seems weird and just like disingenuous to like supporting the cause because for all we know oh we t- we teach him about our struggles as black people LGBT oh, te- people teach him and us their struggles about their community and even women like why we want a woman is to understand from the standpoint of like a woman what it's like to be a woman the struggles of being a woman and some things that need to be talked about but if- even if we talked about a, like sexism it we wouldn't do it justice because for me i've always noticed the topic of sexism i've seen from a factual standpoint which is one thing and then there's from a men's standpoint of what we perceive women to be and from a woman's standpoint of what they live
0: yeah it's the experience that Mm -hmm. you need yeah like in the first segment that we talked about today like we were talking about our experiences. That's things that, like, it's nothing but facts. Like, that's what actually happened. So, like, having a girl talk about sexism, that's what happened. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Like, oh, it's also this, this, this. It doesn't matter. That's what actually happened. That happened in real life. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it doesn't... At that point, it's just... That's that kind of the end-all, be-all. Yeah. Because, like, if... If I grow up and I don't have any outlets to reach out to, that's just what happened. It's not, it's not, oh, but you could have done, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or like, or the weird part's like, oh, these resources are available. Yeah. But like when we went to Humberside, like they were force feeding you this information. Like they're literally like making sure we knew it was available. And then other schools don't even have the information. Like, you literally have to go way out of your way to get it. And to, to consider that equal is unjust. Because, like, if I go to a kid right now and I teach him about finance and then there's another kid, like, and he's like, and I just, like, let him be. They both grow up. One's really good with finance and the other one isn't. And then I go to the kid who doesn't know much about finance and be like, why didn't you seek me out earlier? (laughs) Like like, as if I told them that I was available or that I forced him to learn Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, obviously if, if he's not fortunate enough to maybe that was his interest or like he just stumbled upon it. Obviously he's not going to know about it because when I was there teaching one kid and I was looking at him and didn't tell him anything, he didn't learn. Like it's just how it's going to be. Like, we can't say oh the the resources are out there and not give them to people.
0: And the thing is as a kid also you're not even really oh, thinking that yeah. far ahead yeah. if that like when you're in grade 2 and you're learning math you're not thinking oh I'm going to not even math um let's let's say you're in in grade 10 and you take economics or grade 11 whichever class you're not even really thinking oh I want to be an economist yet.
2: Mm. Most people
0: in high school do not know what they want to be. Yeah. So you're not even really thinking about how this class is going to impact you in the future mm-hmm. but like if you get to university and you have to take economics you're probably going to remember some of the stuff you learned in grade 11 mm-hmm. so that knowledge is key but it also has to be taught because people are not seeking things that they don't know yeah or like are oblivious to so yeah and it's like in the community
1: already mm. <laughs> It may be not be like a topic that's that well versed in the community like i said i lived in a community with a bunch of black people who own houses that's not the reality of all of the city yeah that was just the reality of that community mm-hmm. so their kids will be fortunate enough to understand like the value of ownership mm-hmm. as opposed to every other black kid in the city that doesn't know that even if they did become better off for themselves they may not even understand that like small concept because like that idea of ownership wasn't there when they were a child and their parents never that was never there for the example so like it's just like foreign to them so they it, like how many rich people like black rich people do you see like renting things <laughs> like none <laughs> yeah but then like we like how do we how are you supposed to get someone wealth without actually like own, owning things it's like, it's almost like the gap between being better off for yourself and like not having anything is the, just the simple knowledge of wealth. Yeah. So yeah. imagine like we say like, oh, there's equal opportunity, even which I'm not even sure I truly believe like equal opportunities, to every job, even then it's still not enough because we're, it's like a race. You start. We if we put Usain Bolt at the hundred meter line, and then we put some guy like at the ninety meter line, it doesn't matter how fast Usain Bolt is, like that guy the ten meters to go is gonna win. Yeah. So like, we have to like even out the playing field. Of like, okay, we need to make sure this information is universal. Universal. We need to make sure these things are taught for everybody. Not like oh, you go to this school and you learn it because it's the good school, or because it's in the good neighborhood.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's tie- I'm gonna take this back to like the beginning. That ties into like the teachers wanting to teach things about life. Like every teacher needs to have that drive to be able to like. The- oh, that was gonna sound. I was gonna say to touch a kid, <laughs> 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 but like to to like touch a kid's mind and like and like spark that like curiosity and so every it. yeah so like every kid needs to know that they can do this they can do whatever they want and become successful but they have to work at it and they have to actually like they have to like be determined to do that one thing but if they do that they'll be able to do it and doesn't doesn't matter how if you have that mentality you will be able to do something you it might take like a long ass time but you will be able to do it if you put your mind to it and you actually work hard in getting that. If you actually want it, you will get it.
1: Mm-hmm. Which actually brings me to a, like um, a cool topic because it's actually something that people who may not like have talked to as many black people always ask, why is it so important to emphasize the first black something or the first like female something? And then like, it goes back to this. Imagine, like, President Obama is, like, our, our common thing. It's, like, we said, no matter what, pol- political, like, politics-wise you think about Obama, him being president to millions of black people made it, like, a reality of, like, oh, yeah, you could be president yeah. if you worked hard enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, imagine telling your child as a black person you could be anything you want to be and then show them the 43 presidents before and they're all white. Yeah. And tell yeah. them like, yeah, you can be anything you want to be. Representation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like right now, like imagine really like if any of us had a daughter, telling them, first of all, like it's gonna be a black daughter. So like imagine telling them, yeah, you could be the president if you wanted, or you could be yeah, prime minister like, if you wanted. Like, where's the evidence? Like, where's the proof that yeah. this is possible? Like, it's like it's so under uh, underrepresented, mm-hmm. and like, I feel like that representation. It's not due to like a lack of people trying I think that's a big misconception I feel like I'm, I'm in a STEM field and that's like one of the big things with STEM like women there's a lot of people in STEM that like really believe like yeah just women just aren't smart enough to be in STEM and like that's very untrue like there's yeah. no IQ relevancy between being man woman or anything mm-hmm. like race there's none Yeah, they've never found that It's just like, sometimes when it comes to like being on computers, video games, I'll take video games, for example, I played video games, 95% of the people I know who play video games are guys. The total percentage of video game users is 50-50 globally, but the video game community for some is so toxic that if we went into a lobby and I'm a guy, I'm probably going to fit pretty well. I know some games you go in a lobby and you're a girl. Everyone will specifically target you to fail, yeah, because you're a girl,
0: yeah,
1: which is like super toxic to the growth of like professional female gamers, yeah. Or like so I don't see many of them in any game, and I don't think it's because like, like what what are you gonna do? Like it's your finger is like oh yeah we have faster twitch month. like no it has nothing to do with that it's just like. <laughs> realistically this is the community they're probably just ostracized to the point of where they can't succeed same thing with stem like they're probably just like all my classes 98 percent men all this classes i've been in stem probably under 10 10 women i've seen
2: yeah
1: and this is like 18 different classes mm-hmm. 10 what? of 30 people each
2: that's crazy. Yeah, it's like this, those all like those statistics and those type of statistics always come from external factors, and like we need to realize that like they come from honestly systems of oppression towards women, towards LGBTQ community, towards Black people, towards people of color. Like, I was talking to somebody, and they told me that Black people commit more crimes, and I was like, okay, so tell me why, and they like couldn't come up with a reason, and I was like. It's due to like over policing in black neighborhoods. And they were like, nah, they just commit more crimes. And I was like, so what? Is there like something in black people that just makes them more criminal? And they were like, nah, obviously not. And I was like, so <laughs> it comes from external factors. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so like, just realizing those external factors and then using like your new knowledge to fight that system is so beneficial. Like, and that's like literally, it sounds, it sounds bad when people say privilege, but privilege isn't bad. Like if you use your privilege in a positive way, it'll benefit everyone. Privilege
0: is actually a blessing. If you exactly. have, you have to face the video, low key. <laughs> but what's it called? If you have privilege, it actually means that you were born into a good situation. Yeah. So how can that ever be a negative thing? It's how you use that good situation to impact others. Yeah. Exactly. And if you use it in a negative way, that's where people say, oh, that's privilege. That's mm -hmm. what that means. That means you're using the blessings that you were born with in a negative way. I have privilege. I'm a black person born into a wealthy neighborhood. So how I I do that, I built a company that is literally helping target people to help them excel because I was born with more blessings than some of my friends. And I don't want to see them struggle just because I'm like, I don't want to just be better off and see them struggle that's that's that. I would hate that like mm-hmm. that, that that's nothing I would ever want to do in my life so like how you use certain things that you are born with that's privilege and how you affect people with it is either negative or positive
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like even for me it was like even just, just to go back to the point where it's like yeah like oh black people commit more crime which is statistically untrue yeah. but also just like factually it's like yeah it is over policing because marijuana use mm-hmm. between races is even Equal. just yeah. about even between every race so how is it some so many black people in America have no father because he's in jail for three marijuana possessions for use like use is a very small amount but then like white people Elon Musk can go on Joe Rogan's podcast and smoke and <laughs> facts and like you know what i mean like that's that's illegal federally mm-hmm. but like do we really look at him as like some like crazy criminal like no no we look at him like some super intelligent entrepreneur yeah but just take a guy who just smokes and does his thing about his day oh he's black oh yeah he's he's a criminal like he mm-hmm. definitely needs to be in jail for life
2: mm-hmm.
1: for doing yeah. the same thing that not only like, let's say Elon, like just because he smokes, probably probably is like the second time he smoked in his entire life. There's some people who sell, like literally have a business. Their their growth in life is based on marijuana sales in one place. And then another place, a guy, his family's destroyed because he was using marijuana. It could be the same marijuana from the place he bought it from. Yeah. And his family, so it's like the situation definitely has an inequality. And then the privilege part, like you said, I'm privileged too. I'm privileged to that I lived in a black neighborhood where, like, it was a black, a good black neighborhood. Like seeing that for one, it was like, oh, this is possible. Like if some people, some black people in other situations, like I've heard some, like some rappers at the top, they'll be like, when you get rich, you kind of just have to leave some people behind because, like, you can't change the, the, the mentality. But at the same time, I don't think that's true because I'm like, I saw a whole. Neighborhood of people who like nothing. There was nothing different about them. It's not like oh, they were less black, like or some some weird thing. Like no, Mm -hmm. these were like normal black people. They you would some people say oh they dress like I I know guys there who own houses. They're forty years old. They still wear grills. They still wear chains and all that. They're still doing that. They're still like doing their thing, but they just understood one like key aspect to life Mm -hmm. and like they could pass it down i was fortunate to be around that and see like it has nothing to do with like like all these like fake barriers of saying oh yeah they're like they grew up in a certain way so they can't be taught no that's Mm -hmm. that's just false so i grew up around that so it helped me that privilege helped me have a vision of recreating that i'm privileged in the sense where i come from a country where a lot of people don't even have jobs they have phds and work There's not even minimum wage there, so I wouldn't even say minimum wage. They work for, like, pennies on the day. They work enough to eat and feed their children. That's it. Like, that's all they can do. Maybe they have a house passed down by their family. Like, that's all. They work. PhDs, masters. Like, I was literally walking by with um, my uncle-in-law one time. And he was, like, literally pointing down, like, I was looking at people in front of, like, little shops that make, like, little to no money like yeah she's a phd in like economics she has a master's in this he has this he is that and you're like that's so crazy i have nothing yeah and i'm doing very well for myself mm-hmm. here my parents are doing very like i'm fortunate that my dad did what he did so he could like get the chance to move here and my mom had the knowledge she had so like the, like just like i'm privileged in so many senses like but it like, doesn't mean, like, oh, yeah, I'm perfect off. And it's, like, that privilege where it's, like, sometimes some people feel like, like you just to get to, like, antagonize them. where they're, like, I'm not privileged. Like, the I think the biggest ones like, oh, when a white person's like, I'm not privileged. My family grew up poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like, the most common one I've heard. Yeah. yeah, And you'll be, like, yeah, but, like, you still have all these opportunities presented to you
0: mm-hmm. that
1: could help you that could be like a one-time thing I,
0: like i think it's it's the fact that people think privilege like if they say they have privilege that it's a bad thing it's actually mm-hmm. a, it's a ama- it's an amazing thing to have
1: yeah you, you, I, you know what i think it is it's like because you don't earn privilege you don't work to get privilege yeah. so then people feel like what they accomplish is discredited now yeah with privilege mm-hmm. like if you tell like some guy who like let's say you're the son of a billionaire and you you still did everything right and you like you have a hundred million dollars to yourself some people will look at you and be like oh you don't deserve that because your dad was a billion obviously you're like you're like yeah obviously you're gonna have it yeah, yeah but like which is discounting all the hard work you put in but like it was a privilege that you were afforded with mm-hmm. but you could ease he could easily have been broke that guy who has millions of dollars yeah he could easily have been nothing with his life. So, like, having privilege doesn't discount all the hard work you put in. Mm -hmm. It just makes it easier to maybe get to a certain place. Maybe, like, like, I think maybe a privilege would be, like, being black in the music industry. The odds of you succeeding in rap, if you're black, are way higher than if you're white. (laughs) Like, that's a privilege. Doesn't mean it fixes all the other bad things that may happen because you are black. But that is a privilege. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think some people just kind of take it as, like, no, like, no, I don't have privilege. Like, I work to get this. Like, yeah, everyone worked to get what yeah. they got. Mm-hmm. But, like, some people are just afforded with better. Like, imagine. Better starting points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine being a woman saying, I want to be in the NBA. That's not going to happen. Like, being a man is already a privilege in itself that being a professional athlete, your chances of being a professional athlete are exponentially higher. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, like, 1%. Mm-hmm. For a woman to be 0.01 to make the men's league, and then to make to the women's league that is not probably not as profitable is even like lower percentage doesn't mean you didn't work hard to get to the Mm -hmm. men's professional league if you did but it's like still like you were afforded with a privilege to do to have a whole new avenue open for you Mm
2: -hmm.
0: there's privileges in everything and i think that's where we're gonna have to leave it off thank you guys for watching the next up collective store link will be in the bio uh all of our socials will be in the bio you can follow us all you better follow us all and you better yeah. like subscribe <laughs> we're gonna be posting regularly on youtube uh we're gonna try to spit these videos down a bit and post them maybe depending on how long they are we're gonna we're gonna section them off into different different videos so it's easier that to digest um yeah follow the spotify uh so you can get the notification every week um yeah thank you for tuning in if you made it this far crazy you're a real one especially this is the first one right exactly yeah this reminds me of like j cole um it notes, notes itself <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jonah Hill
2: Jonah Hill <laughs> yo that song is sick
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: you watch from here and maybe it's 100 episodes in you might say we're good because we blew up you might say it's trash because we might not have. but you know what it is what it is
2: <laughs> yo, we're just doing what we love you're watching this in the future i don't know if it's like 2025 2030 uh, that's crazy like i don't even talk into the future i'm gonna re-watch this when i'm like 30 years old and i'm gonna be like damn
0: <laughs> you know what's crazy too if you're watching this in the future you know how bad 2020 was <laughs> and, uh, yeah. said, uh, <laughs> shout out 2020 yo Yo. but if you're like a
2: kid in the future and you don't know (laughs) you're like a 10 year old kid in like Like 2035 yeah holy seek knowledge that's what that's what we said yeah Mm -hmm. don't take anything for granted Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it'll be gone like that all right peace out guys thank you for listening